conversations around wellness and weight loss can be complicated. There's the Instagram filter we all see on IG and social media, and then IRL. And between $20 smoothies and daily ice baths, everyone is doing the most to hack the health system. But there's a better way. Row. Row provides access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. Over 200,000 people have already chosen Row to help them lose weight. And you can sign up from the comfort of your own home. No scheduling a doctor's appointment, commute to the doctor's office, and no waiting rooms. The Row Body Program pairs a weekly shot with healthy lifestyle changes so you can lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Of course, medication must be paired with diet and exercise modifications in order to achieve any stated results. Medication cost is not included in the program. Patients must pay for medication separately. With Roe, average weight loss is 15 to 20% in one year with healthy lifestyle changes. BMI and other eligibility criteria apply. Go to roe.co slash andysgirls. You can sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash andysgirls. Sign up today. Summer heat might make me sick, but I will always stay hot. (laughs) It's factual. Sure, you can call my breath bad and my gums receding, but could you please also call your dentist because I don't have one. Oh, that was so good. Wait, can I do my other one? Oh my God, do your other one, do your other one. Okay, my other one is, you can say in the game of life, I'm a beat or two behind, but I won't notice because I'm currently napping. Oh, I like that one too. I do nap a lot. <laughs> <laughs> you guys. It's killing me. You guys, it's Andy's Girls. Uh, it's episode 764, three. also known as 116. I am so excited to be joined by a guest who has been on the show literally just once, but who I feel like I talked to 24 oh, 7 um, ever since. We've become best friends. <laughs> this, is, this show is just a gateway to our new friendship <laughs> that I'm very serious about. <laughs> I just wanted to hang out with you. So Same. I was like, let's take some mics near our faces mm-hmm. and call it a day. Guys, Caitlin Brodnick is back. Who oh, I got such so many people reached out and were like, oh my god, that episode so good. No pressure, this it is gonna was be a so nightmare. Fun. No, it was so lovely, and I really like got all my deep feelings that I've had for a long time about these housewives. And today <sighs> I was like, I don't know, I don't know if I can live up to those deep, deep feelings. Yeah, because it was like it was a real thinker. Well, I also had like these years of theories that nobody cared to ask me about, and finally I was like, I can talk about the Gorga's, you know, <laughs> difficult relationship as children that I've been thinking about for years. I will never recover from me asking. This is one thing I do. I, we were just talking before mm-hmm. we started recording, and I was like, I don't remember a single thing that happens during the recording. Like, I leave my body. Um, but I do remember asking your favorite housewife of any franchise, and you said Melissa Gorga. Yes. And then I literally She's the Italian J-Lo. 
And I think so. And she has been looking a lot more like J Lo. She just saw. She just saw J Lo in her concert. There's a photo of them looking like her. She's contouring a little more. She she actually got the face transplant that Lisa said to Rika. Like Melissa actually went to. You know I'm proud of her. A head doctor doubling down. You guys, Caitlin Brodnick back, writer, comedian, co-host of the phenomenal podcast Scam Wow author of the book Dangerous Boobies, Breaking Up With My Time Bomb Breasts. Caitlin, so I ordered your book, I want to say the same day that we recorded. You texted me. You're like, I got it. I just... (laughs) And then... One click. It's very easy. And then I read it, I want to say in like a day. It's a day read. It's a very emotional, intense, funny book. And it's easy... Even though it's like very intense, it's an easy book to read if that makes any sense. Yeah, you speak I'm a, in a terrible very fl- reader. <laughs> Just, I don't read myself. No, I, I like I need a fast book, and I wanted something it that was, was a fast pl- book, like pleasant. You can just get through it because it's about like what I did to prevent breast cancer and my family history with cancers, and it's a very right. heavy subject. And I was like, I there are enough websites, there's enough like pamphlets about cancer. This is not what we need. We need like a girl's guide to like, what the fuck do you do? Yeah. And let's just be fast. (laughs) I'm proud it's a day read. (laughs) So when did it, when was it published? It was um, the end of 2017. So here's a question for you. You're a published author. You've won awards. You're a very big deal. How do you feel about housewives when they come up with books like have you read any of the housewife books so jealous and like I don't like jealous as a sensation I think it's like very embarrassing but while my book was coming out it was just very clear that if you aren't like a housewife or a celebrity it's very difficult to be a bestseller like it doesn't matter yeah you get lost because they're just it's so hard yeah Yeah. and it doesn't matter like and I don't think I deserve to be a bestseller I just feel like the subject matter was helpful to a lot of women and I really wanted it to like connect to a lot of women but you do get just drowned with whatever celebrities coming out with a book and I think books are hard like I I, it was amazing that I was able to write one and I think anybody who writes one it's pretty incredible and it, it takes a lot of time and commitment totally but just the the back end of that like releasing the book is just you just feel just sort of swallowed up by everything else have you ever been interested in reading a housewife book I have, but right now I'm really into British murder mysteries oh God. because it has nothing to do with my life. Like oh, I, yeah. I need something that is just a checkout from everything that's happening. So I don't, there's nothing current. There's no Trump. There's nothing. I, I really need something that puts me in like 1930s England right before World War II. And I'm finding out about like, they've got to find letters, letters from a lost soldier or something from World War One. When you watch Bravo shows... Are they personally escapist for you? Are you able to block stuff out? I'm very sensitive (laughs) to them. I feel so deeply for each person. And as I'm watching it, I go, well, I see her point of view. Well, you know, there's some truth to that. Even though they're insane. Even Potomac, when Candace is screaming, I was like, Mm -hmm. but guys, she's correctly doing what the producers have probably, like, poked her to do mm-hmm. and she's doing exactly what to do to stay on the show for the next season and so I think when she's yelling at them like guys we've all said this behind her back she's actually saying like guys this is part of my job so you're a super empathizer <laughs> yes which I don't think helps me because then I do have to take a day or two to take a break from the housewives because I get so upset so conversely is there a housewife that you've seen where you're like, fuck this person, where you have no empathy? Camille. (gasps) 
Really? Yes. Since day one, did you never believe in the St. Camille of grammarhood? No, 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 no. I've always just thought she looked creepy. Now, this is just like just superficial. Oh, Erica Jane loves this part of the conversation. Yeah. (laughs) She just looks really creepy to me. Her face? Camille's whole thing, like her face, her body, the way she moves, the way she kind of like, I feel like she slithers. She does have a lizard-esque quality. And no disrespect to lizards or Camille. (laughs) No. She does. She does sort of glidiness and that's how sort she of dances. like a jessica rabbit but like if jessica but rabbit was broken. a salamander <laughs> yeah. you know what i'm saying yeah like it makes sense okay I, I get and that. so she makes me uncomfortable and i feel like that's interesting she's scheming there's always a scheme and so in this last reunion when they were calling her out and being like camille you're saying one thing and you're saying the other she couldn't even actually properly respond to what they were saying like she kept like changing the topic like no camille just like be honest one way or the other and she couldn't she didn't actually respond to whatever their comments were. So what did you think about her cameos over the past several seasons? Essentially after she left, after season I'm just like, two move or on. Like, move on. Like, like, when she's there, I'm like, okay, it's like, you know, a really nice centerpiece of the table. Like, just move on. Like, I don't care. Has she annoyed you when she's literally cameoed at parties? This is so interesting to me. You know, when she's like remember. showed up at stuff and she's funny and yeah, back in the day when she talked about Kelsey's dick or him like oh, yeah, putting on dresses care. or whatever when they fuck, like That's whatever. That's so rude. Like, I just think she's so, she's so loud and then gets it so wrong. Like to be making fun of Kelsey Grammer's dress is just. Or like whatever. Yeah, whatever it is. Good or like pop, his bad dick. pop, whatever, yeah, that, they, whatever they do. It's just so off a little bit. Like it's just very thirsty. It's very like in this sense that like she thinks she's really funny she thinks she's she thinks her dancing is sexy and it's just off like things are just like really off with her and then the Kavanaugh issues I was like you are you are damaged like you're right now it seems like you're a damaged person so you think that she's manufactured is that would that be manufactured but also like very like in a lot of pain like it's almost as if like a plant grew through concrete and poop and you're like oh look you look like a plant but you can see like that plant like has some like frayed edges but you you are acting like you're a healthy plant but you're not healthy like please go away <laughs> oh she's a, her plant is pernicious <laughs> is what you're saying yeah. um so she makes me so uncomfortable that's interesting were you so uh, part two of beverly hills just happened camille who is technically a friend of acting was, like a full blown housewife acting well, like it was her show isn't it though i know I, like that i don't begrudge her for that no. i think thank god she was there and yeah. also she I, did the work and she's admitting she did the work but i just don't want to look at her face or body or person so how was that for you watching part two because she was essentially the full episode i hated it i was like please get back to denise richards she's so pretty also denise richards is saying like the voice of reason during the episode she keeps being like what are you saying they keep cutting denise and she's like that's crazy you're 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 not making any sense and it's like denise richards is saying exactly what i'm feeling you know that's interesting because I was watching watch what happens with I think it was the episode with Michael Rappaport and Dorinda and he said something along the lines of like thank God for Camille because she brought the best out of Denise which I thought was a a 
astute point in the sense that, yeah, because none of these women are going to say something to upset each other, let alone Denise, who's come across very, very well in the court of public opinion. And Camille is in a place where she feels very reactionary. Mm -hmm. And her impulses, I'm guessing, are very... How she communicates. She's so afraid. Yeah, and it's probably, I'm sure, against what her PR people are telling her to do. And I think that she took a side where she decided at a certain point to defend LVP so that she could get the Stanhood on her side. But when she communicates she gets triggered really easily and she sort of like erupts when she tells people to, Oh, shut up and whatever, blah, blah, blah. And it doesn't, it doesn't sort of help the narrative that she's presented. And with Denise, Denise reacts to it. Yeah. But her narrative is so unclear. I think that's what the women were having trouble with. And it's like, well, duh, everybody lies on these shows, but like she feels, and I do this in my podcast, she feels like a con artist. She feels like a scammer. Like what, whatever's opportune, she'll jump on that bandwagon. Like she'll be like, oh, you want me to fight with this person? I'm going to do it. Like, like she just really, there's just no, nothing holding her down. She just feels like such a speedy little newt. And yet, thank God. Yeah. Because sure she gives television. I just don't like her. <laughs> she, I don't like her. And I totally hear you on that. I I really do. I just think I can't help but feel it was weird. I honestly watched part one and part two and I felt like I, well, I felt nothing during part one Mm -hmm. and during part two, you know, someone texted me and they were like, Oh, part two is like, it's like definitely better. And I just felt like it's a conversation. Thank God Camille is there And I appreciate it, but I also feel genuinely extremely uncomfortable with the fact that so much attention and time was spent on someone who is not, in fact, Mm -mm. full time. I don't think that I didn't think it was fair to Camille. No, I don't think. Well, yeah, she should be paid for her services. But I also think like the group's not that great right now. I mean, the group is like just a bunch of the focus is they're all sort of they could be but they all are acting like victims against Lisa Vanderpump yeah and they're like well then she hurt me she like all the girls that were like bullied by Regina George and that's fine for like whatever but that doesn't that's not a whole season lasting like we've all been bullied we don't need to watch a tv show about these women claiming how they were bullied which is I'm sad for them you know I don't like somebody being mean to you but like that's not interesting television I don't that they felt like they were bullied by Lisa. I think that Teddy certainly oh, her. I hate I know. Teddy. We'll, we'll get to Teddy. I think that I'm Teddy. Sorry. I might take Camille back. Camille is a little sad. Teddy is not sad, and I do hate Teddy. Okay, um, you're being accountable. I appreciate it. Yeah, but I feel like I the forgot women. It. I forgot Teddy existed. So, so did Teddy. Her. That's the problem. I um, I feel like the women. I don't know that they felt that they were bullied by Lisa, although they might feel like they're bullied by her fans online after which they sort of re- referred to at a certain point I think that they were trying to defend that themselves against the allegation that Lisa and her team have made that Lisa was bullied oh yeah. I don't know that it's the same thing I think that well, they I think it's are from years of Lisa manipulating situations I think yeah. it's like it's like like when you fight about an old conversation it's like yeah. it's not about the butter dish it's really about all the other things so I think they have felt scorned and burned by Lisa in the past and she's made stories at their expense and made fun of them made them feel terrible or put people up against them and so that is why 
at this point, they're all like, finally, we get our comeuppance. It's interesting to me that, you know, they talk over and over again about how this um, reunion was the longest ever taped because there was literally nothing for them to discuss. And it was interesting to watch in this sense that it was not interesting to watch and that the conversation through Camille was really about them sort of almost like arguing with a ghost. Yes. You know, like she doesn't have any. She's like the chalk outline. Yes. But it, she's not. The chalk outline isn't even on the couch. Like the fact that Kyle brought a Manolo Blahnik belt or whatever that was gift wrapped that was like next to her in case Lisa showed up. I get it. But it's also felt like there's I nothing th- there. Right. This is not a blue bunny situation like this is. No. It just felt it has felt not eerie, but it's felt just so quiet. Well, it feels like it's a sick, sickly friend. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Like, you're like, okay, this is not at all the strong, positive housewife. Like, at least the episodes, like, even if there's a shitty episode, there's something there, which is, you know, you these women are interesting, these women are going, like, there's some sort of spark. There was no spark in this, and that is really, like, disappointing for Andy. I mean, for the, for the Bravo show, it's like, it really... Not only, so I don't think Lisa Vanderpump has to be on TV in this group to make the group good, but I will say this, that this group responded when she left, like they all got the wind knocked out of them. Like if they, like when they had really fun on that camping trip, like Mm -hmm. they did, they were doing a great job and they were arguing and eating pie and that was really fun, but they let Lisa's like, um, absence really like pull the rug from under all of them yeah it felt like she left and then all of the air went out of the balloon and erica jane talking about how discussing plastic surgery is like rude and crude and having that be the little teaser when they went to a break of like coming up or whatever and then it's her just being like it's not nice and then they spend three minutes on that and that's given as much power as Andy summarizing everyone else's like lawsuits against yes. them and their husbands was There's just so, so strange the to me. Lawsuits are so interesting. Like that is what is crazy interesting. Like PK shit is so interesting. Like there is like real deep stuff going on. And all of these women are we talk about in Potomac too, they're all like, Well, I can't discuss it, it's legal. Right. Which is the That's excuse the that they only make. Interesting thing happening. Right. And uh, what is such a bummer about Erica Jane is that if she if you scratch the surface, you know, like you can see the way she sits up so straight and is so poised and her hair is so like newscaster perfect. Mm-hmm. You know that there is a lot of crazy shit inside. Yeah, like we she, saw that on the junk boat yeah, versus Eileen. You know yeah, it. yeah, yeah. But she has created such a stiff wall that also as an audience member, you know, we're probably not going to see that. And that's just like so, it really blue balls us. It's like really unfulfilling when she speaks. It's like, is she going to let anything out? No. I honestly thought the most interesting part of this week was when Andy was like, tell me about that Starbucks in the airport. And Kyle said, yeah, we were standing in line and the guy took our order and Erica got upset. She's a bitch. And I was like, oh, I want to see that. I want to see her being actually I'm cold sure to someone yeah. that she thinks is beneath her. Or maybe she just like had a moment and yelled. I, yeah, I would like to see that. And she looked shocked that it was brought up and shocked that he knew about it. Mm-hmm. And that was sort of the one moment to me where I'm like, oh, this is a window. This is something that I haven't actually. Right. And it was the smallest little vignette of a vignette. But I just felt like, okay, this is something. I don't know. It felt 
beyond, you know, these women obviously are proud of themselves for being united and all having the same opinion, which is why none of them work in TV production. Um, <laughs> But it was sort of also beyond that. It's like they felt so comfortable. And the thing with the reunion is that you should walk into a reunion. It's chaotic. You should feel a little bit on edge. You should feel like you're under a microscope and have to be held accountable. And because all of these women decided behind the scenes that in order to take down LVP, they would not be responsible or accountable to the show itself. I feel like that's led to its demise. Like the women saying... Why would we talk about jury? Why would we talk? It's none of our business. It's like, excuse me, first off, it is your business. That's actually your occupation is to be shady. That is actually the point of being on. The name of the show isn't Best Friends Forever. It's the real Housewives of Beverly Hills. And part of being real is is showing that you're a monster. Is showing some of this shit on camera and stirring things up. You cannot pretend that's not a crucial part of the show. I think that was so interesting is they were like, no, we've already talked about it. We're not going to bring it up. So they all sort of like you know, palled around together and said we, they sort of set their own ground rules of what they were going to speak about and not speak about. That blew my mind. I mean, I think they always do that. But it's not as... I mean, LVP has been accused of that before by like Kyle and I think they do always do that, but at least in reunions, you know, one person's like, no, fuck it, I'm going after it. Like, there is that sort of camaraderie and sort of like girlfriendship of hiding their dirty stuff is... I do not see that often there's always something that somebody brings up that someone's mortified about or it's done so poorly that there's something to talk about like with um the women on new york last season with the whole thing with dorinda and drinking and them deciding that in order to bury bethany like carol decided not to discuss anything relating to dorinda or to ignore it or to right. deny its reality like there is something they it with that when they you know when they put something aside, it's it's for the better good of another huge drama. Right. But this wasn't even, there's was nothing there. And yet there are three parts. And I, I do not understand for the life of it's me. It's the Rinna hair. She looks so good. They just had to give they, her. They've never looked better in their lives. So good. Kyle Richards look, looks Great. better than, Erica Young. Jane looks better than I've ever seen she her before. She looks like plastic, but a good, Rinna good looks phenomenal. But I, if you know, if you've been there all day, all night, you were picked up at 6 a.m., you don't go, go back home until 9 o'clock at night, which Denise said in an article for the New York Times this week, if, you, if it's going to be that long and that bad and the editors know because they're looking at this, why are you filling up space with three parts, especially when New York feels like it got cut at its knees? Maybe that's why, though. Maybe they didn't have enough of New York. But New York, it's like, here's a flashback of, like, this huge drama that we're going to talk about on the reunion that we didn't have time to show, like, during the season. Yeah, that was weird. That doesn't make... That was unfulfilling. It doesn't make sense to me. It just felt like... It feels like, what are we leading to here, if not a total rewrite um, of the show? And I have a satchel of gold from Sam in Dubai. What's up, Sam in Dubai? I know, right? He says, he or she, I know. (laughs) Can we please visit you? And will you please? I don't know. (laughs) I'm not sure about that. Um, Okay. Sam says, Hey queen. Oh, Sam, this is how everyone needs to address me from now on. Mm -hmm. Um, Just wanted to give you some Beverly Hills tea. I heard. So I was listening to Brandy Glanville's podcast and apparently she was meant to come back full time on season 10. Wait, P.S., which season are we on right now? 
Is this season nine that just happened? I or is this know. 10? I thought we were at 11. Okay, that, I'll, I'll I'm take not good it. I'm with numbers. I, I hate um, counts. She says that she was speaking to the head producer at Evolution, the production company, and he, oh, P.S., is it still Evolution? Isn't it somebody else? Okay, or I don't know. And mm-hmm. he told her she could no longer come back due to LVP not wanting her to be a replacement. Brandy also mentioned how she used, oh, sorry, LVP also mentioned how she used her, she, she says, okay, guys, taking a second. She also mentioned how she used her pump rules power, okay, got it, over the producer to stop there being any chance of her ever coming back. Some of these first names would be helpful. This also makes sense as LVP obviously told Camille to tell the cast at the reunion that she didn't attend because of Brandy. This was to further make production never involve her again. It was also a calculated excuse to use so that she didn't blame the ladies as Brandy reckons that LVP will be back very soon on the show. I personally think it's absolutely disgraceful behavior on LVP's end to actually prevent a single mother from a job when you aren't even going to be on the show next season. It's just awful to prevent another woman from making money. Also, apparently her and Kyle were texting about how awful it was that LVP was doing this and legit taking money away from her. This also leads me to believe that LVP wants to definitely come back in a season or two and knows she can never do that with Brandy and the cast. Keep up the podcasting. Love you. Okay. Um, so this is Brandy venting on her podcast. Yeah. About that she doesn't have money. I mean... <laughs> who's responsible for Brandy not being on the show? I think that Brandy is responsible for not no longer being on the show in the sense that while Kyle and Lisa surely at one point told production, we will not film with her and the ladies were on her side. Brandy. Can I have a, it's like a black hole of despair. Yeah. Tell me. Okay. I got Brandy and Gretchen completely confused for a while. Gretchen from OC. They, when they you're look saying, so similar. I feel like, yeah, they, they, they look a little plasticky. They look a little rubbery. They're sort of also similar like in crazy. personality yeah. in the sense that they understand their job too well. Like they're, they're the exact opposite of what happened on this reunion where nobody is interested in lighting a fire and anything else. They will literally bring down the entire forest yeah, if it gets them time on the show. They scared. And well, I don't know if Gretchen ever got anybody scared, but she certainly was well, sort of too fake for yeah. this show. Brandy, in the hopes of driving plot, plus also being a truly seriously broken bird, yeah. like there was no bottom with Brandy. And I think that sort of led to the demise of being on the show, um, uh, of being brought back to the show before, like when she was first let go. And with this, I think that Lisa probably did mention something to Camille, which Camille referenced on part two. And she's also said on Twitter, like, oh, yeah, Lisa told me that she was upset at production or uh, for them having Brandy on. And it's like, I don't know how much I I don't know how angry you can be at production when you've like quit the show. Like your your opinion sort of doesn't matter anymore. And you can't obviously use that as an excuse for not going to the reunion because you're contractually obligated to attend the reunion. It's a very light excuse. Right. It's like saying I don't want to I can't go to the reunion because Teddy's on. You know, like it's I know that it's a little different in that she understands that Teddy is also like a paid full time cast member. But that doesn't feel like enough of an excuse. And I feel like the way that Camille presented it, she was saying because Lisa was maybe angry angry that brandy was back i i my theory is that that's it why she didn't theory, attend she yeah i don't think it was like based in any fact and i i feel like lisa was 
so obviously angry at the women about the whole puppy gate situation that I think Brandy is giving herself a little too much credit mm-hmm. in being featured here. Sure, it could be a factor. But yeah, I, I also think that Lisa losing a brother and a mother so quickly together is a huge... Well, I, the mother just died. Yes. No disrespect. But, that, but the I, mother wasn't a part of this. She didn't... The brother. She but, didn't die. She died after the reunion? Yeah, she died like recently because that's why she oh. couldn't officiate at Jackson. Sorry, um, I thought she died Jackson, during... Jackson, what's her favorite? Right Britney's before wedding. the reunion. I got my timetable up. She died... No, she died after the reunion. Okay. That's just like... She, also, Lisa Vander, Vanderpump could right? just be yeah. a full-blown mess. Like, she could just be like a... Real upset. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like now now that it's after, I don't care. The death of the brother (laughs) was mentioned in the reunion when uh, very, very ineffectively by Camille. And she's like, well, the difference between us is like, I care that her brother's dead. And yeah, that was weird. The um, women were immediately like, that doesn't matter because it doesn't matter in the sense that, of course, everyone is empathetic that her brother died. No question. And Lisa tried to use that against the women when she was Mm -hmm. like, Erica, you wrote a note, but it was cold. Why didn't you call me? And Erica's like, here's a screenshot of the note. Um, I, I think it's, it's a whole lot of nothing. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it was as important as people are making it seem whether or not they feel like that's helpful I don't want to discount Brandy entirely because she has been right about a lot of stuff but I think it's a part it's a piece of the pie it's not the whole pie but on Brandy's podcast of course she would like that's her experience I don't think there's any indication that she was meant to come back in a full-time capacity and I don't know that she I didn't ever will again no I know that people are interested in her coming back, but I think that for a lot of those people, they're just interested in conflict returning. And yeah. so Brandy's the person, right. Brandy's the person in seasons past who has um, enabled and inspired and driven conflict. But I also think I need to rewatch the reunions. Yeah. They're, they're I actually rewatched several of them. I want to say from like maybe season five on. Mm-hmm. And there was stuff I'd forgotten about some conflict featuring Yolanda that I thought that was really interesting. But, um, you know, and it was good. But on the whole, you know, those darker moments are hard to rewatch. The stuff with Kyle and Kim is really, really, really intense to watch. When they had their own puppy gate about Kingsley and Kingsley almost like tearing off a finger of Kyle's daughter Mm -hmm. and Kim sort of threatening her on camera and saying if you continue to talk about my dog being violent I'm going to say some shit about your kid my niece that is really hard to watch because you're watching someone who wants to essentially (laughs) attack a minor child who's already been attacked by your pet those are difficult moments Brandy can be difficult in her um Reunion. I'm thinking about that moment. For some reason, it's all about dogs. We're like, I think Andy compared her to a dog. And he's like, it's like giving a dog a bone. And Brandy got so upset and so offended and so angry at that. That that was actually kind of an interesting moment. But there have been moments where she gets just so angry and so frustrated in a way that it's, it's not like as interesting or entertaining to me but at least it is in fact something something but I don't think the cure for this is Brandy and I also don't believe her in the sense that they were thinking that her return was truly a goal for production but who knows I mean if their argument on New York repeatedly has been you know Dorinda did you heckle Lou by saying Giovanni 
And the argument on Beverly Hills has been, has Lisa ever influenced or manipulated production? I think both of those questions need to be rephrased and presented initially as fact. Dorinda mm-hmm. did heckle yeah. Luann, but why did she do that? Yeah. LVP has... Uh, influenced and manipulated production her co-stars forever but why did she do it yeah I think that would actually change the conversation and right. and be more of one well, but they, well both of we those can't women, have it no both of those women are preventing it from right. going because they are loudly taking that conflict and turning it because they don't they don't want that question to be asked Dorinda literally said on watch what happens this week I will never discuss this ever again and Andy said to her in response I will never ask you about Giovanni ever again he's like I will never ask you about or specifically the heckling comment because she gets so angry but the point is we're asking you how do you we're asking you to challenge reality problem you think the Giovanni thing was related to alcohol yeah I think she was drunk oh yeah yeah I don't think the problem was related to alcohol, although I mean, I think it, it know, might have been inspired. Thing, I, I thought it was like, related to her relationship with Luann and yeah. not feeling credited as a friend. No, that too. But like when you're a drunk, belligerent drunk, as she has been, if you're stabbing yourself with knives and if you're screaming and you're crazy, you're going to also at that moment be like, this is a great idea. <laughs> this is funny. And you're going to keep going. I think she has a major, major issue with drinking. I think she has an anger issue and may also have an alcohol issue. And mm-hmm. I don't know. Oh, yeah, it is. It is anger. Yeah, and it is like whatever she does. But she is a major problem with substances that she's also like oh, what was so weird, like at the reunion. Now we're searching New York. Like she was like kept saying, like, I wish there was vodka in this. Like the only ugh, just like the people around me that are constantly making alcohol jokes or saying like it would be bad and they're like no offense like they're people that I eventually a year or two later find out are alcoholics <laughs> like people that are just obsessed with it where there's smoke there's fire yeah. and that fire is like fireball yeah yeah I, it's sort of to get back to Beverly Hills a little bit where there's smoke there's fire if you are referencing something so hard and so strong there's a little bit more there there Potomac, they talked about smoke and fire, too. A lot in the last episode, they can be like, well, there's smoke, there's fire. I mean, somebody might be flaming. I know. Wait, okay, are we done with BH? No, I want to talk about uh, BH a little bit more. Okay. I was intrigued. So on New York, there's a lot of unseen footage that's sort of referenced, and it's amazing, and it's crazy, and it could be its own special episode. There was one little moment of unseen footage that was shown on Beverly Hills that I thought was interesting with Teddy, who I want to get your thoughts on. Which was a moment of her saying in unseen footage, talking about the dog situation, the filming day. She said, I wasn't going to do it when it's like, okay, so we were talking about planning and blah, blah, blah. But I was never going to do it, which Mm -hmm. goes more into the argument Andy was saying of you are not being fully accountable. You, in fact, lied. And I thought that that was There were two moments of unseen footage on Beverly Hills that I feel like could be their own conversations. That moment this week and the moment of um, Camille leaving um, Lisa's house after the he hits you. And now we're going to say when she became St. Camille of Grammar in calling out the um, uh, physical abuse that Taylor uh, was suffering through um, from her husband, Russell. Um, 
those were two and Camille's saying to Lisa as she left like you told me to say this stuff right you threw me under the bus I thought that was fascinating um and sort of shows the problem with Camille going hard on team LVP because she's going hard about why she understands that people should be empathetic and and sympathetic to Lisa's plight but she also is in agreement that Lisa can be manipulative right. on camera and I felt like because nobody else but Camille was interested in holding Teddy to account for her behavior that got completely lost in the shuffle and it's like cool your Teddy's argument and her defense of herself and her behavior in that day filming at Vanderpump Dogs was this was a team effort. This was supposed to be the both of us. And then she says in that unseen foot, we were both going to like go down, go down that path. And I realized when they brought the dog over and that Lisa didn't say anything or she said, like, don't talk about it. I realized I was going to get thrown under the bus in that moment. And that's why I didn't want to do anything. That's why I didn't do anything. And I realized I was being manipulated. And it's like, Okay, that is one argument. But then your other argument is I wasn't going to do a thing, anything about it anyway. And those are in such conflict with each other that I feel like obviously from the start, which she's referenced, if she had just said, I wanted to bury you. And so did Lisa. We both wanted to do it equally. And I just realized I didn't want to be the only one to be held accountable. Then the audience, I think, you know, LVP stands would still hate her, but we would at least be a little bit more understanding because the accountability coach would be holding herself accountable. Instead, what she's done is edit screenshots. So it's only like one or two messages and has pushed so much of the responsibility on Lisa that even if it was Lisa's idea or John Blizzard's idea or John Sess's idea, she was definitely down for it. It wasn't one phone call. It was a series of calls. And why are we talking a little bit more about her like lying on camera about yes. that? Well, because she, and lying on the couch. She because yes. that is it's a lie. She's a liar. I I really dislike Teddy because I think deep down she is a mean girl. You think? T- tell me why. Teddy is a mean girl. Tell me why. I think her way of getting into all the arguments where she tries to like correct people or say this is how you're really feeling. She wants to make sure that the person in the situation that is in her mind wrong really learns that they're wrong and she wants to be this voice of reason to be sort of in charge of the whole group I think she's a mean girl I think when she says I shouldn't speak in absolutes that's a bizarre response to yeah I did lie she's so afraid of saying that she lied because she'll lose her whole business because she's an accountability coach which we still don't even fucking know what that is um she texts people and tells them to go to the gym yeah that's insane um I think she's a mean girl And I I just like I can see it in her. She has this way of like you can just see like she's trying to get with Kyle now. She's trying to sort of like paint herself in this like perfect picture. And she's not doing well. She's not succeeding. And I just think she's yeah, she just is icky and mean to me. I really don't like it. I have a satchel of gold from Lisa in Evansville, Indiana. She says, I was shocked to hear that Teddy had never talked to Lisa Vanderpump directly regarding the setup for the Dorit takedown over Lucy Lucy prior to the Vanderpump Dogs meetup. I believe that Lisa was more than likely the mastermind behind it, but I was wondering now if that does not open the door for some reasonable doubt thoughts. No, I mean, I think that Teddy, like, I don't know if I'm responding to this correctly, but I think that, like, Teddy sees something as 
like, oh, I could, I could jump on this bandwagon of being like a responsible person and that's why I can really harm someone. So it's just, I just, did I respond to that question? Wait, say what you're saying again. Sorry, I think I, okay. So what I think, back to Teddy being mean, is that she uses her platform as accountability. So if she says like, um, like Dorit with the doggy gate and everything, like she's just going to hold Dorit accountable for lying about the dog or whatever it is and all this stuff. And, and she's saying she's accountable. That's just like her like little pathway to be able to be as mean and cruel as she wants. Like I think her accountability and honesty is just her little entryway or her reasoning that's holding up just how she can be mean to people and cut people down. I think it's her way of trying to defend herself against allegations that she is a mean girl. Yeah. She, yeah. She's saying I'm she's being like, accountable. I mean. And then like, Dorit is actually taking her to task and being like, you're, except you, you're not. You tried to drag me. It's right. like you wanted to get, you wanted to get at me. You wanted to bring me down. And she's like, but I'm being accountable. Like that's her, that's what she's sitting on. But she is just like incredibly cruel. She's not being fully accountable. Like Dorit no. is saying, she's saying, well, I, t- I told, you know, Teddy's like, I told you that I um, called you a yada yada and I called you X, Y, Z and Dorit's saying you didn't. And then they show m- again, more unseen footage and she's not. I know. So I, that's why I don't like her. Wait, did we answer that question though? Um, Is it that LVP's, can we read it again? Yeah. Let me go back. Um, I, da, 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 da. I was shocked to hear that Teddy had never talked to, no, that we didn't answer it. Okay. Um, I believe that Lisa was more than likely the master behind, behind yeah. the setup and, right. um, manipulating and sure. planning to take down Dorit. But I, I'm wondering now if it doesn't open the door for some reasonable doubt because Teddy didn't speak to, um, LVP Johns. directly. I think the Johns were doing it, right? You don't think that they were given orders by their boss lady? I think it's different with John Sessa because he's allegedly a partner of Lisa's, but I still obviously, you know. This is how it went down in my brain. (laughs) They're all over at Lisa's house with the swans and the donkeys. They're drinking and they're like, (laughs) this is bullshit. And they are like, oh my God, Lisa, yes, we're going to drag her. And they jump on it and they're like, we're going to. We're going to take care of it and take this bitch down. I think it was like a little like hangout where Lisa's complaining and the Johns were like, we're going to do it because they want to get in the business. Ring, ring at Vanderpump Dogs. They get a call that Lucy Lucy is at a shelter. They are so angry that this is the second dog, even if it's like the fucking whatever that they gave, you know, even if it just truly wasn't a good fit. They are upset that Dorit Wait, I forgot. That, it's Dorit got two dogs? Yeah, she got two dogs. Oh, they yeah, yeah, about, yeah. There was like a whole <laughs> thing on the that after show um, about Dorit. Like, it's like a 15-minute or 30-minute thing about her talking about the dogs. Um, but they are so angry that they feel like Dorit was too selfish or whatever and was irresponsible in not contacting them directly, I would think, because she didn't want to be held accountable for, like, dog number two not being returned, mm-hmm. brought back, whatever, however you want to um, phrase it, that... John Sessa was truly angry. Yeah. John Blizzard truly wanted to keep his job, keep didn't really care, was probably into the drama. John Cena. <laughs> I want to oh. add John Cena. Because <laughs> of Sessa, I'm like, John I Cena, mean, obviously be, he's there I'd too. I'd be down for that. Um, <laughs> and Lisa was obviously furious. And they had a conversation and Le- they all expressed, I don't think, I think John Blizzard was like the secretary taking notes. Sessa and LVP were talking about how angry they were they were and they and Lisa probably started to think about how this could be used a good story and she did it in a way that she has done it with many people before if you want to believe the magazines with Brandy about um 
uh, allegedly Mauricio cheating on her or whatever else, um, thinking about ways to manipulate content on on camera. And so she knew that her hands could look clean if all of the communication was done between Blizzard and Mm -hmm. Teddy. And it sort of worked in her favor because Mm -hmm. even today, how many people are right? You can't actually directly pin it on her. I understand why people are think rethinking. Did she leak the story? Did she um, maybe she wasn't involved in this, like deciding how to produce this scene in advance, but I don't agree with it. But don't you think she handed the boys the radar contact? I mean, I just I feel like they're all hanging out at her house. I really can't get past this. They ordered seamless and she's like, oh, this is my radar guy. And the Johns called. Yeah, I think that she's ultimately the mastermind of this. But I also think that John um sessa to me seems like a very desperate very shady guy there have been articles written about the fact that obviously he has like a director of fun from the university of you know altavista.com slash creed thoughts like it's not (laughs) it's not a real reputable diploma um and he wants to stay on lisa's side because it's obviously helped him financially and he probably does care about poodles or whatever like there's an element of truth to this but also obviously the power structure in this is completely uneven and they want to protect their moneymaker. They want to protect their friend, their employer, their ally, their queen. They're just like fun, fabulous henchmen. Right. And, you know, Andy referenced, I don't remember if it was this week or last week. Oh, uh, you know, there was a story that was leaked to Radar Online, sources close to Lisa, like the day before or something. This is a pattern and a record that has been used not only by Lisa, but by housewives across the board, across any franchise of leaking stories to um, protect the narrative that they themselves want to present. Um, so some of this may not have been Lisa directly. It, it might have been the people around her, but that doesn't negate the fact that she is still responsible and spoiler alert needs to be held accountable mm-hmm. for what happened. And it sucks in a sense that like Teddy is not being fully accountable, although I really genuinely don't think of her enough to dislike her. Yeah, she like just her. she doesn't matter enough no. to me, which is why she probably needs to go. Um but it doesn't sort of also harm the idea to me that Lisa was heavily involved. Ultimately, these people are not going to make, uh, certainly with the filming, Raider Online, I could understand why maybe she didn't directly leak it. Maybe she didn't even ask them to leak it. But, you know, if you see this person do this thing, X, Y, X, Y, X, you're, you're going to follow in that yeah. pattern. Yeah, with maybe the, this with one the, time. That's what I think. Right. I think with the this filming the thing, they're time. not going to fuck with her number one check, which is um, organizing how these things are going to go down on camera, on filming days. That is much more. In- Beverly Hills, the show is much more important to Lisa than a leak story to Radar Online. They are mm-hmm. absolutely not going to run with the idea of protecting her and bringing down Dorit at all costs. They're not going to do that when it comes to filming the show. It is too important. And I think also like what Lisa and Ken, I, I bring Ken in this because he his take on this is so and funny to me. Five like weeks really too late. Chick- tickles me what Ken has to say. But um I think Lisa also it has to do with money that she has provided them with storylines and then she's provided them with Vanderpump rules and pump and everything. Who's the them? She's provided uh, Bravo, Bravo? Okay. and Andy. And I think she is saying, I'm bringing you an incredible amount of income. You have to respect me. And Bravo is like, well, you're also still a player. So you, and you can't, you can't have it both ways. You can't be a moneymaker, a producer and be untouched. 
So Shh. I think in in their relationship, they're like, how dare you? Because we've given you so much. They meaning Lisa um, and Ken? Yeah. How dare you, Bravo, and the team, because we, Lisa and Ken, have given you a, such a huge franchise. Yeah, they also are taking it just like sort of a Mother Teresa <laughs> yeah. angle where they're like, how dare you not show these scenes of us just with dogs or <laughs> at the cocktail garden in Vegas or whatever. Why aren't you showing that and giving our sort of our side or segments? But it's like she had refused to film with her. Yeah. She didn't just walk off production. She walked off production after months of refusing to film with these women and, that's and there's really not bad, anything there no and that's real bad like I, I it's also sort of she thinks that she can do no wrong because of the amount of money she's brought in for them that's my theory yeah I think it's I think it's amount of money I think it's celebrity I mm-hmm. think the fact is that Vanderpump Rules is a huge Her British accent. jewel in the crown She's very fancy <laughs> it's a huge jewel in the crown and that is enormously helpful to her I'm sure she would have gone the way of Adrian although she might have actually thought she was going to go the way of Adrian and so she, her way of quitting as Kyle said was to alleviate the possibility that she would have been fired um, you know quitting the day before do you think that she'll be back I think that she really enjoys controlling her narrative. So I think she will be back in a sense of that she will continue to tweet things, leak things, show video. Like, I think she feels powerful and alive and, like, all's well in the world when she is in control of her own story. So I think if she came back, it would only be in her way. It would be like a one-on-one with Andy or she'd come back to say she wants to apologize or address things or she'd have secret information. And so I think however she's going to come back, she will need to for her livelihood and her well-being and she's going to orchestrate it. Um, That might be also that she's in Vanderpump Vegas or she creates another franchise. Like she's, she can't live without this element of celebrity and also like this element of showing her life I don't think there's a chance in hell that they're going to give her another spinoff after this after she's damaged no I after she's damaged this she has to do some I would think she has to do some damage control with she going to Bravo HQ there was I think that there was um she leaked something about maybe them getting bringing the Vanderpump I think Daily Mail said she was gonna bring something to E about pump yeah uh, I don't Vanderpump dogs I don't think Bravo likes her or wants to work with her but I think Lisa would like implode if she cannot continue to be on television I don't think they have a choice but to continue working with her because pump rolls is so big I really don't and I think that she's going to take a couple seasons off and she's probably going to wait and see what happens with casting because she's not going to want to f- she Teddy is the new brandy she's not going to want to film with Teddy again and I think we're just going to have to see how they recast after mm-hmm. this season because there is no way that this is going to continue next season and if Camille genuinely felt like it was a plot against her it's like, well, then why would she come back again to friend of if if she feels like they yeah. are being that manipulative, manipulative? And I think actually the trigger for her was when Andy used the word like trash talking. That's when you could see the light bulb go over her head where she's like, Who's oh, head? Camille's Andy was re- asking a question to one of the women. And in asking the question, he said, and when Camille was trash talking oh. and the spark with Camille was like, oh, they they are just production is here to bury me. I'm being fully buried. And that's when she walked off. I think there's oh, no Camille, reason when you're saying that was, I had Kyle in my head. Oh, sorry. sorry. No, when no. she, when she walked off the set and yes. unzipped. And by the way, I've never unzipped anything as quickly in my life. as She, she just was trying to get the sound pack off of her totally, back. but she, it was, and it was smooth. Naked. Yeah. She was very good. Um, she likes to get naked. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean, why not? Um, who doesn't? Uh, so I, I don't know how much of Camille they're going to have to fuck with next season. And I also think, 
a lot of this cast has to go or they need to put in some real divas or some people I don't some there needs to be some genuine conflict and they need to have a sit down with like if there is an HR department devoted not to actual human resources but to like plot management these women need to be seated in a conference room at BHHQ and told it is in fact your responsibility to talk about things that happen in women's lives. You can pretend to care about Dorit's personal life because of the PK lawsuit, or you can do it because it is the job and why you're getting paid money. But regardless, it needs to happen. And so these are my tops that I would keep from this cast. I would keep Denise because I adore her. I keep Dorit and I keep Lisa Renna, and that's it. I throw everybody out. I throw Erica out. I Jane out. I throw I think Erica, Kyle I agree, out. <laughs> I agree with you on Erica Jane. Erica's moved on. We both want Teddy to leave. Yeah. Well, Teddy. I think her, Teddy's just served her purpose. Her hair extensions needs to go. She looked better with shorter hair. Like she needs to go. Kyle. This is my issue with Kyle, and I'm gonna get dragged for this. Kyle has this deep pain from her childhood that I have realized that she is constantly trying to defend herself and I think it happened because her sister got her into a lot of trouble or she was she talked about sort of being mean with her sister and her mother and it feels like she was always defending herself to her mom or whatever authority figure like no it wasn't me it wasn't me like it feels like or defending herself or trying to defend her sister like it feels like Kyle her first response is wait look I'm, I'm actually not that bad look how good I am like she is always worried that people are thinking differently than she wants them to think about her and I'm tired of it I'm tired of her constantly being like no 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 no, it's not that bad I'm not mean or I'm not this or I'm not that and it's like it's the same narrative for me for Kyle I hear you I also think that Kyle has never been the center of attention and she is very happy at the prospect of being the center of attention maybe in this current season and certainly next season the other women are more than happy to call her the center of attention because they think that it helps and she's not she's not meant to be the center of attention she I think Kyle can be an interesting beta paired with an alpha and the problem with Beverly Hills is there is currently no true alpha in the cast and Kyle Erica could be but she doesn't want to engage Erica could have been an alpha if she had remembered why we loved her her first season, but it's over. It's It's over. She's proven herself not to be an alpha. Rinna has been an alpha before, and she doesn't want to be held to account for what it takes to stir the plot. It's exhausting, and she has her family to worry about, and her daughter has issues, so it's fine. Let her go. Right. And Teddy, no. No, go away. Camille isn't full time and yeah, doesn't know what stable. the fuck is happening. I don't know. I, I don't know that it's I don't think it's a problem of instability. I think she's just she doesn't she kind of pops off. Yeah. She's sort of similar happening. to like this is really unfair to Camille, but she's slightly similar to Ashley on um uh That's, Southern Charm in the sense that oh, I was Ashley, Ashley pops Darby off. because she does oh, she, she wants off? to like no well, she can't communicate. She doesn't know how to communicate well, is what also, I was trying to say. Oh, OK. OK. Sorry. <laughs> you what were I you going like, to say? With Ashley Darby is that she's like she wants to like call people accountable and like talk shit about people. And then when it's hers, she like loses her mind and yeah. runs away. No, I hear you. I think that and I think with the Kyle thing, I I'm not against Kyle staying, but I think that Kyle can't be the she's queen boring. of Beverly Hills because that is not a role she has ever been born destined to play. No. Um, and the simple fact that Kyle's like Mauricio shouldn't be held accountable, even if the question was poorly um, stated to her or incorrect, the facts were wrong um, in how the viewer phrased their question to her um, on the couch. I, 
you know, like even the thought of like Mauricio can't be held responsible because he's a husband and it's like husbands are like kids <laughs> when it's, you know, he's used the agency to great financial yes. success for how many seasons at this point. So whether or not he did something shady and whatever, it is not inappropriate for questions no. to be asked. Also, they hate the viewer questions. And it's like your job is to entertain the public like you. They they don't understand. That. No, like no. you were on They're television too happy and for content. the viewers. No. Yeah. They, <laughs> everybody. So yep. Everybody's on their high horse. And that high horse is that so fucking funny. lame pony from Ohio that LVP oh, yeah. tried to buy and decided not to at the last <laughs> minute. OK, there's a um, comparison that I sort of felt on Beverly Hills. And I want to transition to New York, which is I watched part three, watched it again this morning. And I felt like on New York, there was resolution without full understanding of, of what why really happened right yeah. versus Beverly Hills where there was no resolution but a general understanding of the events Correct. as they occurred and the person on New York who wasn't understanding was of course her holiness Luann de Lesseps yeah and do you agree do you think that she got do you think that she was just going through the motions kind of doing blanket apologies or do you think for being full of herself selfish whatever talking too much about the cabaret or do you think that she sort of finally got it I don't think she got it no in my heart of hearts I don't think I think that Luann is going through like a really trying time and it's a time to be you really do have to focus on yourself hugely if you want to get healthy and sober you have to make sobriety like your number one focus and you do have to focus on yourself and so I think that I give her like a pass in this like go ahead be as self-consumed as you need to because you really need to if you want to get focused and get sober you really have to give yourself it, it has to be number one that you take care of yourself and you can't really worry about other distractions um, but I don't actually, so I think she knew exactly how to apologize, but she kept saying like, well, it's a very trying time for me. Like, I think she, I don't think she got it. I think she's had years of, uh, reunions and knows how to apologize and knows what these people want and can say like, I love you. You're a good friend. But I think at the end of the day, she, if she's choosing to get sober, which I don't, I don't know what that experience really is like for her, but you do need to focus on yourself the whole time. I don't think that makes her a very good friend. I wasn't a great friend when I was getting sober. I really had to just like double down and focus and I had to put that first. And so people that would want me to go out and it's not like I could not, I didn't engage in certain things. And I then had to sort of go back to my friends and be like, I'm sorry, I was, I really needed to take this year to like get myself together. So I think that Luann said what they needed to hear. She's been doing it for years and she, these women just wanted to hear like I hear you and I understand but I think deep down she knows that like she cannot give them the time that they want I think she's giving all of the time that she should have spent on herself to her cabaret yeah oh yeah that's the disconnect is yeah. that these women are saying you should focus on yourself and she's saying why aren't we focusing on the cabaret that is how she I'm thinks focusing the cabaret is her, as important as the sobriety she thinks the cabaret is, is the her. reason that she's allegedly sober yeah which is, I don't know. What did you think of the moment with Ramona saying, I don't, I think you're drinking? Yeah. I Do think you think that was a, I mean, you, you just referenced your, um, yeah. your journey, um, I'm to so sobriety. <laughs> love it. <laughs> love so it. Good. Love it. Love it. Um, 
how did you feel about that so watching her questions call your sobriety it is like a huge dagger in your heart it feels terrible because there is so much self-doubt that at any moment you could pick up a drink mm-hmm. um i think that it's come to the table that she was drinking right well, she I'm, guys, she my, says my that she so confused she I said that she news. relapsed um, mm-hmm. with two mimosas yeah. and the day which she talks about on the show okay. that happened um, and the day um, after the reunion was shot, she was back in court and was arrested or like held for yeah. 45 minutes or whatever. And because she, she wasn't going to her meeting. But she was saying, right. But she was saying that she was taking it seriously. It was a paperwork wow. issue. And. She, Ramona essentially was like, I don't believe that you are sober at this moment. And Lou's response was essentially like, I'm taking it day to day. Yeah. So Lou's didn't say, yes, I am. She didn't say. She might have a little. You think? Yeah. I don't know. Or, or, but here's the other thing is that she could have been with Ramona and she could be on like day one or two. Like she could have had a relapse the day or two before. Yeah. So to say like, why well, haven't drunk anything today is true, but Ramona might've seen her. She did say she was like 23 days sober. I want to say. Oh, that's nice. So the mimosa thing happened 23 days before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Or something. I forget. The numbers are confusing because she's again like Luann like all of the housewives she's taking her facts to her advantage and she's being like look this proves my point and there's like some other things that we're not seeing so I don't know so you didn't think that was like a huge I thought there was some truth behind it because she's I don't think and like I can't tell I can't really talk on someone else's journey of sobriety but what I've seen and the people that I've seen like ferociously follow it it didn't seem at least what we saw on television to me as ferocious as what I've seen. So I was like, whatever. I mean, also Ramona said such horrible things. <laughs> She's a crazy person. So it didn't really bother me. And Ramona gets away with it. Cause she says it's tough love. I and know. it's like, I don't know that there's any love there. It didn't bother me. <laughs> I, I think it's why. just tough. Yeah. I, didn't, I don't know why Ramona's asking that did not bother me at all. Cause Luann just doesn't feel truthful to me. So for her to be like, I don't think you're truthful about this. I'm like, well, she's probably not truthful about anything. I think if Sonia was accused at one point of treating her interns like servants, <laughs> Luann treats her friends like interns yes. and doesn't. Luann has a status in her mind. After being the countess, she has decided I am high status. Well, the cabaret is her new title. The yeah. cabaret is the new countess. And she and as somebody, as Bethany was saying, like you like being famous. Like, and it's so funny when they try to insult Luann and being like, it's because you're excited that you're more famous. Luann hears... I'm more famous. Like Luann will hear the insult where they're saying like, you're rude to us because you have so many fans now. You only care about your fans. And Luann hears, you have so many fans now. She takes <laughs> and it you can see her like, oh, I'm sorry you feel that way. Like Luann will hear these like nuggets inside an insult and just glow. She'll also <laughs> pretend to be insulted where yeah. they're like, you got more famous. And she's like, how dare you? I, I didn't get more famous. How do you think of that? And then Andy says one more thing or 10 seconds goes, goes by and she's like, well, I did make lemonades out of lemons. So there we she go. She loves it. Like she's loving this chaos. And she does think like this new fame, whatever it is, uh, makes makes her above people. I think that's how Luann stays alive honestly is this idea that she is above other people because I don't think I think if she didn't have that as a huge part of her self-esteem she wouldn't feel that she has that much like she a a huge pillar in her self-esteem as a person and her like space in the world and everything is that she believes she is of a high status whether it be celebrity or a countess, like that is who I think Luann believes she is to be. 
Yeah, and I think that I, I agree with you. I think that Lou is very, very focused on the story yeah. and like the, the like LinkedIn of life where it's yes. her job right now is to be a social life. Her job is to be married to the count and she's the countess and whatever. And then mm-hmm. after that, her job was to be like fancy free and loose and keeping it um, cool and not uncool. Yeah. And then her job was to be Mrs. D'Agostino. That was like the new title. Yes. That was her new bio. That was her new life and nothing was going to stop her. And then after that, it's the title is to be the new cabaret star. So when you're talking about, and that is who she is. That is who she is. She is her. important. That is her role in the world. And then when the women start talking about like, okay, but there's other stuff. She takes that as you do not see me for who Support I am. Me. You don't, you don't, you're not building me up. Like I think all of those things like, and all of those titles really did work for her. Like it gave her what she needed at that time in her life. It gave her purpose. Oh, completely. And I think for them to say like, look, you're just like us. She's like, there's no way you can assume I'm just like you. And the fact that you would assume or trying to make me seem like a regular person would just like crack her whole foundation of existence. I wonder if the cabaret wasn't accidentally even a little bit of personal growth for her in the sense that it was the first time that she was acting on a title that couldn't be taken away yeah, by a man. By herself, yeah. what, because like the count took away the countess ideal Mm -hmm. while she was still able to technically stay one until she remarried he took away that story from her of like we're a socialite we have a great family whatever blah blah blah. um i'm a socially great family and then d'agostino took it away by like being the tom that everybody knew he was from the start that she refused and this is the first time where it's like this is me this is not me because of a relationship it might be me because of a terrible story that's what continued it like cheering me on every night like that is even more of look how great I'm doing it's really hard when you're very 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 successful and you're doing really well for then I believe it's almost like you're like a horse with blinders on you're like look how great it's going it's going really well and if somebody's like hold on do you see this side like you're not really going to your meetings you're not you're kind of drinking it's like no no no. I have to focus on what's going well right now and she's sort of like fabulously stubborn in what she wants like she goes like yeah I'm gonna go for it I'm gonna be Tom's wife fuck everything I'm gonna go for it now I'm a singer I'm going for it and I think any sort of all of the girls are trying to chip in or add something or be like hey could you there's this other experience in life and there's she cannot digest that right now what do you think will happen to her next season (sighs) it was a weird season of New York yeah also nobody talked enough about all the dentist stuff. I just wanted to know more about rehab and Dennis and Luann. I wanted to know a lot more about that, which was maybe th- just personally. I think that Bethany is still protecting Lou, whether or not she realizes it. Well, and Bethany talks about that her mother was like this. So Bethany has had her life experience of being surrounded somebody, by manic episodes. Well, somebody that protects an alcoholic or somebody who's not all there and lives that way in her life. So I think it's it's like a very comfortable place for Bethany to be. And I was thinking that if I was ever in trouble, as difficult as Bethany seems, she's the number one person I would want. Like Bethany's the number one person I would want to be friends with. She would just, she does sort of like good old salt of the earth 
caring friend stuff, like family. She really brings you in. Like if you needed to eat, she would immediately feed you. Like if you were in a trouble, I feel like she would fly out to get you. Like if there's drama, I feel like Bethany knows how to take care of drama. I think Bethany is very, very good in very extreme circumstances. That's what I mean. Yeah. I don't think she's good as a day-to-day friend. I think I that's think why Carol exhausting. was exhausted. Exactly yeah. right. I think Carol was exhausted by her. But I think, yeah, if you were in jail or you have but a she, drug problem she, and she are in a... She the call. Right. I don't know. I don't, maybe it's because no, she knows how to answer. Yeah. And she just like responds right away. I think maybe it was because her mom always had issues. I don't know. But she just like jumps in there and knows how to help a situation, which is like a very special friend to have. And she treats you like you're a family member. You know, it's stuff that you would maybe only do for your sister or something. You would like fly across the country or. But she does stuff for her friends and she treats them so deeply. But yeah, I do think she's like an incredibly exhausting friend. And, you know, not none of these women are honest. None of these women are honest. I think New York is the, New York and Potomac are the most honest. I think that there's some delusion there. Sure. But that's like what makes it interesting. I don't think if if these women were truly honest about themselves and their relationships, there would not be a show. It would just be, let's just like chill and be great friends, which is not why we tune in Thursdays (laughs) at nine or whenever it is. I always watch like the next day. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. These women have issues. Okay. (laughs) I'm going to go out on a limb. We love them so much. So do you think Lou will be back next season? Or how do you think Lou will be next season? I'm so confused. I think that she's going to have to, she's, I don't know. Cause she's going to have to, they all want her to have a real come to Jesus moment. That's what the team is gunning for her to have because they feel like she's not in reality in a sense and like not really addressing what's going on. And I don't know that she wants to do that for them. I actually felt like by the end of that, they understood that they got as much as they could get. That Lou Lou showed and but communicated I think it's herself as a, at them no matter what. I felt like Bethany at the end was like, "All right, I got it. You or this is what, what you're gonna do." But don't you think next season Lou is gonna come in with something and they're like, "You're not being honest again." Like these are the historic fights they've had with Lou. Yeah, that's what actually sort of concerns me about next season is I don't know where this story will go because I feel like we're kind of done. I feel like yeah. Lou might start drinking again. She referenced that like she's going day to day. She sort of pulled back from the idea of calling herself an alcoholic, which she did at one point and then started being like, well, blah, blah, blah. I don't know where the I I'm worried that it will become a little bit tired. And the whole thing with New York yes. is that it's an, an ensemble show. These are true all star members of a dynamic ensemble. And we're ending the reunion way too focused heavily on Lou. And we need to go back like Ramona needs to stop going on so many dates during the nights that she needs to film and she needs to like actually participate in the craziness. Wait, how funny was the breathalyzer test where Andy's oh like, God. we're talking about something very important. Like we're talking about child abuse basically, right? And she, he was and like, she goes, we're having a serious that was conversation. Like you say she's to like a child. She's like, I was supposed, I was to, supposed to breathe bleh. in my thing. Which P.S. wouldn't you say to one of the producers. You would say to the PA, you have to get me. If if it was... It's a break. Yeah. Yeah, that was a weird That moment. was so crazy. I was yeah. like, what? I think maybe, maybe this will be fine for New York and it'll just be like them opening a new chapter. I really don't know. I couldn't tell you, but... Are they having a new person? Did they I mean, talk who, about that? Uh, uh, Barbara's gone. Barbara was never there to Barbara begin with. Barbara's amazing to me. She's like a family member. I Barbara speaks like my uncles do. She's from New York. My uncles are from New York. And I'm going to guess your uncles aren't on reality TV. So maybe they are, in fact, very similar. They are very similar. Barbara's not meant for No, us. she's not meant for reality. I actually know someone she works with. And she also a business partner. And then she also redid their office. <laughs> 
<laughs> so I know Barbara's world and it is so comforting to watch her just the way she handles things she talks like family members I know and I just enjoy watching her it's just so fun and it makes me go like oh yeah this is real like this is reality like she was kind of a fabulous foil even though she was terrible for reality tv like yeah, for her to just terrible. be like there we go for, yeah I mean it's not fit for her but for her to be like um I mean, she's not a very good singer. It's just like, that's something you do say while you're waiting for a show to start of a friend who's not a very good singer. And she's not a She's Adele. not a, no. She's not I just got Adele. such a kick out of her. She was honest. The thing she said about Tom, she's like, yeah, but she's not going to get rid of him because uh, divorce is like too bad of a topic. Because she she's also a friend, but she is Lou's right. number one assistant, intern, bestie, whatever. Yeah. The fact, the groveling that she has had to do with Lou that Lou will refuse to do to Bethany still continuing Beth, she was kind of like I'm sorry blah 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 oh I'm sorry but it was not anything meanwhile what she is putting Barbara Kay through is but Barbara Kay will do it because she's actually a good person who's like oh is this what you need from me I'll provide that for you yeah and she has probably like some self-esteem shit for thinking that she has to well yeah a hundred percent you she, need to be able to hold your friends accountable if you can't hold your friends accountable and, and also if they me. won't give you a, even a little bit of an inch when they've taken a mile there's a problem there there is a problem there but there's a part of me that Barbara is also like it's almost like when you're dealing with like a five-year-old and they're like you don't give me this you don't give me this and you're like okay sure 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 I'll give you this truck because you're having a temper tantrum and that's what you need but I'm actually it's I'm, like a, when they wink and a smile yeah I don't know there's something about Barbara where she's like okay Luann you want me to literally say this verbatim I'll say it verbatim it doesn't hurt me like Barbara doesn't lose anything by appeasing these women I don't think she's lost anything in her yeah. life. She's like, I got to go back to my power tools and I'm fine. Like, but we lose. <laughs> I mean, we lose because you want to fight, but we I lose. enjoy her. She sat on that couch and I was like, why does she look familiar? And I realized yeah, you didn't know. she looked a little bit like a vampire from Twilight. She had such <laughs> a sparkle to her from her hair and makeup team. Wait, Barbara? Talk about Task Rabbit. Barbara K looked horrible oh yeah 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 I mean she looked super tan and the tan joke she had a, like, she had a little I'm not saying she had a glow I'm like saying she had the shimmer that the vampires in yeah. that movie had before they like I don't know well bite she people looks or whatever. like she's your cousin's aunt once removed who's on the show for reasons and I love it I love it <laughs> I, I love Barbara. Myself. I love I Melissa Gorga. Okay. Melissa Gorga is your number one. That's Do the not mantra. Forget, these are How my people. How could I? You are in. You. Yeah. I'm in a pool by myself. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's you're, fine. Yep. You're up in that cloud. I'm a virgin, it's not virgin pink. margarita. It's. Yep. It's, I'm having a great time. Yep. Uh, these are my women. God bless. People that don't fit the mold are so refreshing to me. Because there's no doubt in my mind that these women will keep screaming and dragging each other and being horrible and ripping each other down. And then you see somebody who's like just not a part of it. And I'm like, yeah, that's so great. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to transition here because I think it's a continuation. Okay. I asked people for satchels this week and I got many satchels about Katie. So when you're talking about personalities yes. and they might not be meant for this show, like but they're interesting. <laughs> I want to get your thoughts on Katie. So Katie obviously was on the show at the start, was removed, came back sort of as a totally different person. When she was first on the mm -hmm. show, she's like, I must talk about people saying they're a member of society. I'm a society person and I want to hold a benefit that's going to raise a million dollars. And then it's like in a basement or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, when they, you know, show it when she was just like a little cameo after the first season. We're in season. Potomac now for everybody. We're, yeah, we're in Potomac. Um, so 
she came back this season as a friend of Mm -hmm. with her boyfriend Jacob and she is sort of a totally different person (laughs) she is kind of carefree kind of peace and love chill says things without thinking for better or worse uh, oftentimes as we've seen on camera for better and she's kind of like kooky and she's kind of spacey and she's out of it and she's wearing glasses without (laughs) lenses and she's got wigs on for no apparent reason (laughs) and she's just kind of all over the place but she doesn't toast that just like go on and on forever (laughs) but she doesn't seem in any way connected to the katie of yesteryear no Fast forward to what happens after they finish shooting, at least regular episodes. Obviously, they haven't um, shot the uh, uh, the reunion yet, but she has what seems like a, a gradual breakdown over the course of social media. She mm-hmm. um, alleges that her ex-husband was physically and sexually abusive to her. She's traumatized by it, asking why his, I guess he's a doctor, why his med- medical license wasn't revoked. Maybe there's a custody issue as well. I'm not quite there sure. Is, yeah. And then it leads to a, a photo that she posts on Instagram taken by, I believe, the boyfriend that she's with. Mm-hmm. Her current boyfriend. Her current, the now boyfriend fiance? that she's, no, 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 the boyfriend that she's with as they sh- they're they shooting because sh- she announced this week that she's oh. engaged, but it's, it's to a different guy. Okay. She had broken up with Jacob. But by Jacob, who is the guy that we saw this season, posts a photo of her naked on the floor in a pool of blood, and we're not quite sure what's going on. And she's saying, she says that it's a miscarriage or whatever caused by stress or something. I don't, yeah. I don't really know. But it's a very different, Katie than the one that we're seeing on episodes as they air and my question to you is do you find her entertaining Mm -hmm. to watch with the knowledge that she has like a complete sort of like mental breakdown or something breakdown on social media after the fact or does it harm your watching and pleasure of like agreeing with her in moments because you know that she is not well so Oy I'm looking at the photo again. That is so. Can I look at the photo again? Sad. It's so. The toilet seat is off the toilet. Oh, She's yeah. laying on Did the I floor. It's a very it? sad photo. Yeah, it's it's really incredibly disturbing. And this was the problem: is that she used. I mean, there were many problems, but she used the hashtag Me Too, and she's surrounded in a pool of blood. So it looked like she was beaten up. It looked like she was beaten up with the top of a toilet. This is like so disgusting. I can't. Even, I'm sorry. I don't know if disgusting is the right word, but it is disgusting well, for me to see. It it's, feels very violating. It's like it's a very private, scary, sad moment. I think it's also very triggering because she's using the hashtag Me Too, which is about women calling out yeah. sexual violence and, I don't, and, and she's using it about harassment miscarriage and she's using it about a miscarriage that she says was like caused by stress meanwhile why is the toilet off i don't the toilet's it off is i don't it know caused by stress of abuse like i think it's caused by the stress of like her um relationship her anger towards her ex or something that well, that created the miscarriage but so what's uh, your experience watching the show now do you find her entertaining do you find her funny does the knowledge of that photo it, it photo's existence tarnish the viewing pleasure of her being on the show so I didn't see that photo because I get very like upset about certain so I hadn't it's I triggering just that photo is triggering time. yeah it's very upsetting what I did read though during this season was that she was in a custody case with her husband ex-husband ex-husband and that he was a doctor and prescribed her multiple drugs to control her mind and brain she felt and make her I guess more um Appeasable is that a word? 
appeasable. It's fine. Appeasable. Um, you're on the right show. Yeah, like easier. Yeah. yeah, let's make it um, easier to be around and not as much trouble and not ask as many questions. And she had said something like, and the the writing's outside if you, I mean, online if you want to get it, but it's like something where if they argued against something, there'd be a new prescription and he would, if she had something that she disagreed with, he would just say that it was because she's, her drugs were off. Like, so he did a lot of gaslighting MD. and medication yeah. prescription. And so that's what she was saying about. And then also, I believe at some point, one of them left the state with their kids Oh no, she went to New Jersey to be free of him and then he kept the kids and she was, it was very sad and very scary. So when I look at Kate, I kind of look at her as a very wounded, abused puppy. So I don't, I'm not enjoying watching her because I go like, oh, you're very hurt. But also I don't, I'm not asking that much from her right now. But how should we be watching her? Should we be watching her as she presents herself on camera, which is a granola, come to my beautiful farm, no. see whatever, she's, she's, she's like funny, tra- she's, she's interesting. She's working or she- through it. I, I feel like she's a, tra- a person in transition. So you, when you watch her, here's the problem is that it's like, we have whatever the opposite of like the benefit of knowledge is. We know how troubled she is because yeah. we've been reading it and watching how I she presents her herself on seriously? social. I don't think the issue is not taking her seriously. I think it's, are you able to, or not the issue, but the question is, are you able to enjoy her knowing the dark parts of her that aren't referenced on TV, but that we know about online? Well, yeah, I mean, I think I'm more sensitive to her and I go like, oh, this is a very damaged person. Like, this is a very damaged person. And then when she's sitting in the car with um, Ashley and she goes, so is he gay? <laughs> I was like, I chuckled because I'm like, yeah, she doesn't give a fuck. Like, this girl is going through it. Also at the, I I don't know, it's sort of like she's going through so much shit that she's like, sure, come to my hoedown. My mom is here. Like a neighbor's here. Who cares? There's somebody else here. Like she's, there's not, the risk isn't there for her that it is for these women. Like she has gone through such hell and she's currently in such hell that I think that she brings a conversation that is just, there's no, I don't see, she's not intimidated by these ladies. She's, she's having a terrible time in her private life. So I think she actually, it's an opportunity for her to give them these like, great cutting real questions because it she's almost like someone making fun of them inside the room I don't know how much of it is someone making fun of them or someone not taking themselves seriously sort of Sonia ask and how much of it is she is truly disconnected I think she's tired I think she's disconnected I think like she it's almost as if like she's hearing bits and pieces, mm-hmm. like her brain is filled yeah. with other things. And totally. then she chimes in, she hears a butt grab and she mm-hmm. gets a toast like, hey, to butt grabs. Like she didn't hear that they're very upset about it or this or that. Or I just like that she, I kind of like, she's almost like somebody watching TV, but doing something else and goes like, oh wait, what was that? Oh yeah, butt grabbing. <laughs> is he gay? Like she's just sort of asking these things because there's so, mm, there's so much other going on, so much other trauma and drama going on in her life. I have a satchel of gold from Michael in Newcastle, United Kingdom, who says, hey, big fan, love the show. Thanks, Michael. Just a quick question. I have started watching Potomac just from this season. Oh, my friend, when you have extra time, go back. And he says, and is Katie okay? Like, is she heavily medicated Mm -hmm. or on something? Or is this how she normally is? It's stressing me out not knowing. So she might be heavily medicated. Like, I don't know. The timeline? Yeah, I don't... The timelines are very confusing me because she's come out and said that her husband did this to her. Now, 
it could be, and I've been on medication where you go to the next doctor and they say, you're like, I have to fix this. And they go like, okay, well, let's taper off and try something else. Like she, I, it could be a place where she's trying different things. And Kim Richards has said that. I don't track. know whether or not it's it was hard. true, but like Kim has said, like there was a day where she appeared loopy when they were filming and women were questioning her sobriety. And she was like, I was on a different medication or when she went to like Paris or whatever the fuck it was on that mm-hmm. trip. And like, she was like kind of out of it and it was whatever it was. I've it had was, it. I, yeah. My doctor was like, we have to get off this one and we have to go on this one. And it was so confusing because... Now your is, body is confused. Your body's confused. Your brain's confused. You also have to take it a certain time. Um, there's some medications that are in your system that are very fast through your system and some medications that linger. So I slowly had to taper down one medication while I was starting another medication. And if I had forgotten one or the other, there would have been an imbalance. So I feel like there's so much going on that I, I really throw... Katie a bone I really like I don't have any judgment on her I don't think I I don't want anything more from her I think the fact that she's showing up to film is incredible she has so much going on and she's so troubled for clear reasons and and is doing things that I don't necessarily you know I wouldn't want to post out on social media myself but I can't speak for her who knows what's happening that I just I don't hold her to the same extreme judgment that I do everybody else I hear you on holding the the judgment I just wonder first off who's the real Katie she may not know herself oh, I don't know she's yeah. now she's newly engaged this week to a new guy of the last I don't know couple I mean I months think the real Katie was a successful model and I think actually at that ranch is what she was so proud of is that sort of like we were saying Luann just had her cabaret like Katie was like I, I made this right. from my modeling right and no man can which is a huge accomplishment me. huge and I'm like, I think those are sort of these tidbits that we see of these women. But I think she's totally in a transitional place in her life. She seems out to sea. But had I not known all of this scary stuff, I would have thought she feels very kooky. Not even thinking about Katie from season one. I would just think if I came into this um, like uh, this gentleman, like Michael from Newcastle, United Kingdom, if I had just started this season, I would think she's kooky. She's like a little disconnected, but she's like funny. She's silly. She's She's silly. She's spacey. But like, is she okay? Like, it doesn't feel pure. No, I don't. I don't know if she's okay. She's given us evidence in like social media posts and things. But taking that out. Oh, just from what you're seeing. I think she's just sort of like somebody who's not all invested. Just like doing her own thing. Kind of fun. Kind of goofy. Kind of like a Sonia. Just like she's fun. Except taking out the knowledge. Like if I don't know, she just looks like she's having fun. Except that per Michael (laughs) is getting his fifth shout out from guess where? Newcastle, UK. Thank you. It doesn't if for someone who's just tuning into Potomac this season, she really isn't Sonia. There is a darkness here. There is something that feels off. And I just don't know. I I agree with you on the model stuff, but I don't know which if there is a real Katie that's different from this layer underneath and if that is something that we'll maybe see next season and should she even be allowed to film next season knowing the kind of stress and problems that she's facing I I am not actually looking at her for any sort of um 
barometer or yeah, any yeah. sort of thing right now. I actually, I actually am probably not doing what Michael's asking as I'm looking at her as just like this very gray area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it doesn't bother me because there's so many other stupid things going on and crazy people in Potomac that when she asks questions like, so is he gay? I'm like, great. Let somebody flat out asked. Like it kind of was like sometimes when she chimes in, it feels like a little bit of a delight because she breaks totally through what you're you. supposed totally to do. Totally agree with you. But I only treat her as a... Uh, messy area that's very sad to me and if she was I met her in real life I'd want to give her a hug and you know see how she's doing but it's like your sick friend she feels like a talking about sick friends the moment of Ashley in her therapist's office and comparing her husband to her father in the worst possible way by talking about how she feels like she needs to repress any anger or any... Or he'll leave. Or, uh, right. About any anger, any frustration about the allegations against her husband because that's not her role and she doesn't want to make that person feel guilty. And then saying, I think I should find my dad mm-hmm. who's treated me like shit By sort of disavowing her existence, Mm -hmm. her entire life, Mm -hmm. and in both of those relationships, one of which, again, is non-existent, she puts herself in the position of having to care for that person and completely deny... And their responsibility. Right. Like, actually fill the role of her own father. Was shocking to me her talking about having imaginary conversations with her dad alone in her room as a child and then seeing how she has reacted on camera at least to yet another allegation against Mm -hmm. Michael is so sad to me for a woman that comes across I mean we're all broken people at the end of the day but for a woman who comes across as such a truth seeker and truth teller and yet she's such a denier Mm. in her own life that was shattering I know I think I got weepy when she said she she talked to her dad in her room by herself as if he could hear her like almost as if you talk to God I got very weepy because that is just the saddest saddest little thing of a kid because your parents are God when you're first born, sort of. They, they are the explainers and it and, and you're little and they say this is good, this is bad, yes, no, and you're just sort of... And they love you unconditionally they you and they're and the greater being above. Yeah, yeah and, I they, agree and you. they're the reason of everything. Um, they're how you eat and sleep. Like, it's all from them. Um, that was, like, heartbreaking. But then also, as I'm watching that in my mind, I'm like, oh, she's never going to leave Michael Darby because she has... She has a new father in her She doesn't want to lose her dad again. No, unless she has an incredible experience with her dad, he sees her face-to-face, apologizes, but her dad is this, like... I mean, he's basically has provided her with no love, no affection, and that is what Michael Darby's doing as well. He's so void of everything, but that works for her, and that's what's so sad, is that when you're you're broken and you're missing a, a huge chunk of your... Like, let's say it's a piece of a puzzle and you're missing a huge piece. If somebody comes in and just sort of fills those little edges, like fills it lightly, not fills the whole piece, but some of it, that's better than having nothing. Like, I think Michael is filling this little bit for her. Feels like in both cases, it's a problem 
that she feels like she needs to solve and except on the, top of right except the end result like the answer is the solution is completely fucking with her own mental and personal health yeah and i mean of course like her mother as crazy as her mother is as they say i don't she's just kind of like sad to me her mom i don't think she's yeah, as bad as candace's mom. oh my god nobody no. could ever be no but um so for Michael to question her mother, she's like, well, this is my only parent. <laughs> How can you, like, last season when Michael would say, like, I don't want to have kids with you because you might be like your mother. Like, that's her only parent. That's such a horrible thing to say, even if your mom is needy and can't really and get And knowing it. that she doesn't have a barometer. Yeah. And that that's it. And that she just wants to have that experience. And I think a lot of times when you grow up and there are wrongs and you don't like the way your parents are behaving, you can't wait in some cases, to be a parent, to go like, no, I know what a child needs. I didn't get this, and I'm going to give that. I I luckily had a really great experience, but I know a lot of friends and people I love very close to who didn't have that as parents, and so now want to be parents and want to do, like, serve a child the way they wish that their parents had. And so I think Michael Darby is just like, he's just sort of like this, like filling a space for her it's just like she he could have been anybody could have been any old white man is that crazy to say no I I don't think it's crazy I think there's a reason that he is the guy in her life that she is making these choices I think there's always the joke of like people look at her talking about she sort of married her father and they think that like oh it's disgusting like it's incestual whatever but there is the conversation about like people choosing to marry someone who is similar in personality that's what she's saying in person literally trying to find her father and instead she found michael darby like she's hunting for her dad and then so as a lover or a person in her life she's found michael and this is the thing if michael is distant in her relationship if he's not all the way there if he's not all the way loving but sometimes she has never had a present father figure at all so his tiny little effort or little level is more than she's ever had. So I think these women are looking at her like, don't you want somebody who treats you better? And she's like, well, this is She's saying something. that love is not about like genuine mutual respect. What she's saying is that love is about protection. And she is trying to, she wants to protect mm-hmm. Michael Darby like the way that her f- father no never protected, protected her. her. Yeah. And for her, you know, in that moment, in that scene where she said, I don't remember if it was with Giselle or whomever, where she's like, we're closer than ever. That mm-hmm. was the scariest. And she's like, we're, we're having sex two times a day. And when I'm ovulating, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll fuck two times a day. That is so terrifying to me that yeah. she thinks that your husband was accused of sexual assault, battery, yeah. whatever the fuck it was, grabbing a cameraman's ass without their consent. He's also been accused of talking about sucking somebody's dick. Yeah. He also did some shit allegedly with Katie Ross, former um, fiance. Like he has been accused of smacking stuff and it's always when he's drunk and it's always without consent. And you look at those situations and you know that they're sort of similar mm-hmm. and his behavior has been similar and consistent. Mm-hmm. And she thinks we're closer than ever. Like the how... Ashley views love is terrifying. She also might just be having more sex than ever. And she equates that with being closer than ever. Because I had an ex-boyfriend. We were having sex all the time. And the guy did not love me and flat out said, after months and months of being together, I I don't think I ever really loved you. I was like, well, that's great when I was Sing your D. So like, (laughs) I'm just like, you know, I think you can like, (laughs) I'm trying to make it slightly PG in this ridiculous. How dare you? I don't know why. Um, I 
Like, I think that you can convince yourself, like, guys, look at all these check marks that I have marked off. Um, he's living in my house. He's took care of my mom. Like, all of these things to say, look, it is going very well. Um, yeah, it's just... It's also interesting to me that her defense of like we can't talk about this and of course I believe him whatever is like my partner's going through something shitty and it's not about me except she brought up all the shit about Ray and the IRS to Karen except she brings up about Juan allegedly cheating to Robin deep down inside and because well and that's what also was like reminding me of Camille in this creepy way as I'm like Camille is just gonna do whatever she needs to do for production to stay on the show and then when it's addressed to her she's gonna have a huge fit and like literally stamp like stomp out stomp out of the room um what was I gonna say except that Ashley is fantastic yeah about being on Potomac yeah I um, mean god bless Camille uh, for like doing what she no, did but Ashley's but what we Ashley need. is like genuinely what so we need. good the thing too that I was mulling this over because in your last episode I liked how you talked about sort of like like it had bits of like sort of gay shaming but not quite yeah yeah, yeah. and this is what I think I think that these women are comfortable with gay men the fuzziness and like you know bisexual I think they would be comfortable if he was honest I think what they're trying to say and they're not doing it well and it comes off as like sort of gay shaming is that everybody thinks Michael Darby's a fucking weirdo (laughs) I think that's what they're not saying this guy's creepy he's been creepy forever and so they're framing it as in um Ashley we don't want you to be disrespected if he's cheating on you or doing something else and calling you his wife I think what they really want to say is this guy's fucking creepy. He makes us all uncomfortable. That's what we don't like. Just like be honest. I think that's what no one's saying. I skeeves them out. Yeah, I think he's not respecting her. I think oh, the, the problem is that he's not respecting her. No, the problem is that like, like he might be assaulting people, which is rising to a level. This is not cheating. This is not what happens no. on other franchises. This is you are allegedly inserting yourself. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, which is could be so in production so by creepy. assaulting a member of production, and in doing so, you are being crazy and and harmful and you're doing it to a member of the show that your wife works on I loved when you said that last week that was such a good point and it's so it's such a fuck you to her subconsciously or just like like loudly he doesn't give a shit also what you're saying last week is people were saying like oh what if the um the cameraman was lying and this and that and I thought or like how can you tell it's true or like the you know, devil's advocate is like, what if he's making this up or that's what they're saying? Mm-hmm. And I think it's so funny because if you were making it up, he has to be telling the truth because why would you ever put Chris as your witness? That guy is such a freaking weirdo himself. Oh my God, why I would love you Chris. as a, oh, he drives my me crazy. My love has grown for oh, Chris I can't stand week him. to week. How? But if you have his a cute chance, little squirrel you're face, gonna, oh, munch, his little to rely on Chris as your witness. I'm like, that's real rough like that means that you really were in a tough place and you have to pick Chris also <laughs> I can't stand it love it also them talking at the dinner table on their like triple date about the fact that because there was no real witness there might not have been uh, an assault when they were like well you have to have a witness there I don't know if they meant you have to have a witness there to prove that the assault happened or didn't happen yeah it was weird to me because but then candace is like chris's he put chris down as a witness the cameraman yeah but they're saying like is there any footage is there a truth there's no live because chris chris is saying i didn't actually see it but i just think oh god it's 
so insane. And yeah, I just think he's, they are all creeped out by Michael Darby. How could you not be? He creeps them the fuck out. And that is what no one is saying. He's disrespectful. Yes, he doesn't like her. Of course, he might be by whatever. It's fine. Yeah, I did just a creepy fuck. I did an Insta poll that was like, do you think Michael Darby is gay? And I got read by a couple of people, which was they were entirely correct because it's not a question of like, is he gay? Because everyone's a spectrum and whatever, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, (laughs) is he something? Is he on the spectrum? I don't care what. And that I I care. No, I, I mean, be on the spectrum. It's fine. And like, do whatever you want. But like. He just like lurks around and the fact that he's like groping people in a basement where there's no cameras like that is creepy shit. Yes, it does actually matter that it's a man and not a woman that this guy is groping because there has been no conversation about them um, being swingers or whatever. And there has been no conversation about the fact that he may um, be attracted to men. This would be a very different talk if he was men. Like that's right. all the thing. Like that. What's so weird? It's so never he could women. Ha- no, and he could have sex with Ashley, which is great. Like you have sex day and night, but the, then he chooses in these dark much. city moments mm-hmm. to only sexually assault and grab men. That's also so fucking weird. And proposition them yes. and talk about wanting to like, but that's, be and kosher also, with their sausage. Yeah, Not and I great. think like, but it's a good conversation. To, Potomac is so good. It's a good conversation to have because men do get groped and assaulted and. Uh, violated and nobody talks about it and they do get that as well so i think it's like potomac is bringing up so many good things your face (laughs) it's also it's also okay to like if you're if you're attracted to somebody it's okay and they're of the same it's okay to talk and it's okay for men to talk about that too and there's this whole stereotype and standard that uh, it is a little gay shaming and specific to men where to be a real man you can only be attracted to women like there is something to be said there is a conversation here that we're probably never going to have as viewers of the show right of how the construct of masculinity in our society has led to moments where Michael doesn't feel comfortable talking about his level of attraction to members of the same sex unless he's inebriated and then he does it in a way that oftentimes is like acting out and doing it without consent and doing it in a way that is aggressive Mm -hmm. and inappropriate Um, and why that's happening and I think that is like an interesting conversation I would be interested for Andy's perspective on it as an out gay man I mean Mm -hmm. um Andy, if you're listening, please know, DM Andy, us. Andy, please <laughs> slide into my DMs. Um, but also, you know, it's a show. And yeah. did this actually happen? I and think it did. Of course it did. I think it did. And, you know, she signed that post snap on camera a season ago or whenever to, like, show her love to Michael. She's like, let's extend the prenup by a couple years. Oh, I didn't And see the that. clock is ticking. So I think she's all in with him. I don't know if it's going to be forever. Certainly it's going to be lengthened because she did just have a baby with him. Oh but my God. Uh, the baby. I don't know what's going to happen in a couple years. Yeah, so the baby is so sad. That poor baby fucking baby. changes, ups things up so much because you as a parent – it is so difficult to do it on your own, especially with a new baby. And if Michael is as distant as he is now also with this baby, like that is, I think if she's going to realize anything or make any changes in her life, it's going to be the baby will be the catalyst. Because if you have a husband that just sits back and puts in no effort, no care, disrespects you, wants to do his own thing, cries about a fucking pool table being moved. I mean, fuck that guy. Like, 
that episode at the very like yeah, was yeah. So, I mean just like what the fuck he's like he's getting hives because they're taking apart a pool table well she's gonna have a whole child come out of her body her body's gonna be broken she's gonna have to feed it and like all this stuff her life is forever changed and you had to have a pool table removed like fuck off and that is gonna be rough to parent with him alternatively what if he is a great present parent but continues to be a really shitty husband well either way you're fucked this is a thing though as a mom and i can't speak for other moms do it i (laughs) all right everybody um i if i had to be either a good husband if i had a child with a man and it was either you be a good husband or a good parent i would rather than be a good parent because my kid is the most important horse in the race so I, if my kid is hmm. being parented well mm-hmm. by another a co-parent, I am thrilled that they are having a life where they have both parents, both parents love them and are parenting well. I can take care of myself as a woman. If I have a husband that's not great, fine, I'll move on. I don't need shit men in my life. So that's one thing. But I want that, you know, if that biological father and I make a child together for that kid, I want them to be a really good parent do you remember that episode of oprah 1750 years ago no, I don't. where <laughs> there was a woman that came on the show because she'd written some editorial or something and then it became like essentially that version of viral before we really had it where she talked about how she loves her husband more than her kids and people right. like lost their goddamn minds and what she was saying was like no my husband is so important because my relationship with him is the foundation for our home and so in my eyes he is number one because without him and without loving him and without having a healthy dynamic we can't provide that for our kids which isn't to say that you can't get divorced but for her she looked at it as in order to provide happy to show what happiness and health in every way looks like it starts with the hubs but here's the thing what also she's saying though is if she doesn't love and dote on him or whatever their relationship is he won't be a good dad so at the end of the day it really is so that he'll also be good to the kid She's saying, if I don't do this part of the puzzle and take care of this man and have love my husband and everything, then it's going to ruin the foundation of our family. But so really it's to serve the family. You think that Ashley's saying that or this woman is? No, I'm saying that's what this woman. Oh, okay. I'm saying a lot of times, and I could be wrong. There could be real moms out there that don't feel this way. It's whatever you need to do to make the kid have a good life. I think this is why I, I do not ever want kids. It's a lot of work and it's a lot of thinking and care and it sounds awful no it's so fun no it's this not. kid it's is a cool fun. ass person sure. i like being around him. okay cool <laughs> i know you don't have to i don't care you don't have to have kids I have no interest my psychiatrist the other day she's like something 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 and when you have kids and we stopped for a second Did and i looked at her turn? and she was like or if i know you're <laughs> like, like, Dr. You're like back down <laughs> i mean well, no, so I think there's... No, I think, your, I think your lifestyle choice is terrific for you. For, <laughs> for it's me. Great for, for you. Me, it's, for it's, me. it's great. But I remember the Reagans. This is like some documentary I saw when I was a little kid. Uh, Ronald Reagan and his wife spoke openly that they liked each other more so than much their more own their kids. kids. Yeah, which you can tell in the kids, by the way, too. Yeah. The kids knew that. Yeah. And I do think, though, that there is... I do think with my husband... I mean, I also like him, but I think that... And he's a great dad, and we work very hard to keep our relationship strong as a couple too and I really enjoy him and I want to spend time with him and I really like I love I love nurturing and so I'm like happy to take care of both of them um but if you like gave me if I was in a vacuum not with my husband with another man and he was a great dad but a terrible husband I would be like let's move on do you think that there 
would be a period of time with Ashley trying to have a kid with Michael that would be healthy knowing this situation? Like, does it matter that he was charged with sexually assaulting someone and like literally they are still every day trying to have a baby? Do you think that it matters that there has been no time delay or no? I think he told her and I think she ferociously listened to his example that they're just trying to pin all this against him and they're using his past allegations as evidence and they're just trying to like gang up on him. I think he is playing a victim role at, at home. I think he's saying like, this isn't true. They're doing this to me. The allega- It's allegation. It wasn't real. And I think she's believing it because in that bizarre moment in the dollar store, she's like, yep, yeah, it's happened before. Super creepy. I think he's feeding her all this information. And I think she just really wants a baby. I mean, I really wanted a baby when I wanted a baby. I don't know that they were even talking about this. I think she had one horrible night and then it immediately went into like, how do we make this disappear? How do we defend it? How do we talk around it? I don't see him being like, I don't even know that I see him being like, they're using it against me. I, I feel like it came out and they immediately went into like, how do we make this go away? I don't think that he defended himself personally to her as a husband in respecting her because I think if he had any kind of respect for her, this wouldn't have come out as a rumor or as a reality at all to begin with. He has zero respect for her, but I wonder if he is like, well, this is just an allegation. Like they're just trying to hurt me like himself selfishly being like, no, people are mean to me. Not, you know what? It would be so much better and so refreshing if he was like, oh yeah, I am bisexual yeah that's not gonna happen I know and then it was like yes have children with him you can be bisexual and have kids great like that would be such a wonderfully interesting life to show because it does happen and there are people that are like that (laughs) that'll never happen Barbara Kay would love to see it I'll tell you that um we haven't talked at all about um Candace and her mother and I feel like we probably should so super creepy when when she said did your mother hit you at that table when Karen asked if she was yeah. hit by her mother I think she was asking throughout her life was she hit by her mother oh she a thousand percent was and hit has been hit by her mother throughout her life so a sad. thousand percent so sad and in a way that she's a damaged child yeah and also like we have different parenting is so different these days as someone who's not a parent but you know mm-hmm. I have shoes so it's same mm-hmm. um it's similar uh, as Parenting is different in the sense that, like, I was raised by baby boomers mm-hmm. who were raised by their parents mm-hmm. that, yeah, you, like, smack your kid if you get out of line or whatever. Yeah, and then there was a generation older than me that probably reacted to that with their kids. And now people are having kids and they're going, like, exactly in the opposite direction of, like, we don't punish our kids at all or we're here at helicopter sure. parents or you don't need to blah, blah, blah be as a reaction to all of this. Right. And what's interesting about Ashley is her mother, I'm sure, was from that generation of like, this is not abuse. This is just Candace. What did I say? Ashley. Ashley. Sorry. Candace is her mother's from that generation of like, this is not in any way abuse. This is setting not violence. This is setting you straight, spanking, whatever. Plus, she's a therapist, so, so she should know a little bit about knowing how parenting happens these she's days. She's a therapist and only when it serves her right. Like, she pulls out 
it's a she, thera- she's a therapist as a weapon. She's yes. therapy as a weapon. Yeah. yeah. And she'll say things like, and you can tell it's been her whole life. She goes, oh, well, she cries. This is in the therapist's office. And Ashley, um, Candace is saying things. And she goes like, oh, well, this is just her. She's just emotional. And she's using therapist terms. So I'm sure Candace, as a child, was like, oh, well, these are the correct terms. Like, this is, you are my superior. You are my teacher. And now she's realizing, like, no, I'm not insane. I'm allowed to have feelings and you can't sort of just like disregard them or like label them as a therapist. Yeah, her mom gaslit her her entire her life, life and has been extremely dismissive. It's and like, that's why she reacts with like essentially insanity and violent rage when someone tries to critique her. And those people include her husband, because what she hears is you are dismissing everything about me. My like my life. mother always has. And I need to react to that. Because she feels like she dismissed her existence. Totally. Because she feels like she has to defend it. And I think um, it's almost like these are, I'm drawing similarities and I don't know if it's the same, but that mother who convinced her kid that she had cancer and was sick the whole time and then her kid ended up murdering the mother. Oh yeah, you I never watched it because I was no, like not super into creepy. it. Yeah, but I think that's sort of <laughs> Imagine what being she, into it. No, that's, which, a bad, no, that's a bad it's phrase. Super it wasn't for me. No, <laughs> it was so scary. But I think that she kind of did that with Candace with like mental, mental instability and illness. <laughs> <laughs> and Candace wants to like reach out and... I think it was amazing. The therapist was looking at the mom like, you are fucked. Like, you are a weirdo. When they were in that therapy thing and he would say to her, is this how you respond? Like, the mom was coming unhinged. Like, it just was so messy. It was so messy, that therapy session. I loved watching it. Meanwhile, they haven't gone back. She said in an after show that, like, of course, because it was, like, The mom wasn't in control. But the mom wasn't in control. And the therapist was calling the mom out and questioning her work as a therapist. And the mom can't handle it. I don't know of a parent on a housewife show that I've disliked as much as I dislike Candace. There have been moments with Mama Joyce where I'm like, where I've been like, shut the fuck up with what she's done against Todd. It's been incredibly inappropriate. And what she did with um, Candy's friend, whose name I just forgot. But what Candace's mother has been doing, which has created psychological abuse. It is, and, we're and watching it. And Candace is continuing the tradition. Like, talk mm-hmm. about Chris. How is Chris going to be in like five years when he's been through this war? I don't think they're going to last. How could they? They're She's not. not interested in changing. No, no. She talks about the bad energy around her and how she needs to, the energy needs to change around her and not, she has absolutely no capacity to understand her role and her responsibility in these situations as they happen. And when people say to her, Candace, can you look at this a different way? she or question her she feels like it's a complete like a violation of her existence yeah. and as a person and so for Chris to be like aren't you kind of doing this that you did with your mom she's like how dare you and it's like but he's just bringing the reality he's bringing reality to the front mm-hmm. and asking you a very clear healthy question but because of that and because it's unsettling you are insanely offended and you're running away like he's a bad person because of that because he's making you be more thoughtful or accountable I have to say this week at Potomac, it wasn't like as insane at all as the last several Mm -hmm. weeks have been, but obviously one of the best seasons of any franchise. And it was sort of a quiet week for these shows, obviously. boring week. Yeah. Beverly Hills is a nothing burger. Mm -hmm. New York ended. So mazel. Yeah. Short, too fast and inconsistent. Mm -hmm. And then there's Potomac, which is just, there's so much happening. But even on an episode, you know, I rewatched it today and I'm like, okay, they're you know, it, it wasn't last week. It wasn't the mm-hmm. week before, but it's just so solid. And it's opened up so many conversations that I can't remember happening on any other franchise 
I think it gives me so appreciative. Yes. And I think that it is a great example as why we should burn down old franchises that aren't interesting, that are calculated like OC and go to like Poughkeepsie. Like let's find my eyes just then let's just find fell out of city. my face yeah let's yeah, do that like, let's go to Poughkeepsie <laughs> I just think you need to find what's <laughs> so fresh about Potomac is that these people don't have um living they haven't been sort of turned into caricatures of themselves they haven't turned into these famous iconic housewife tropes they're just these women who are dealing with real things and trying to look good but they're a mess but I feel like at OC, it's like everyone's like, or, and even in Beverly Hills, Kyle's like, this is who I am. This is me. And it's like, they're constantly trying to reiterate who they are because they really like that narrative. Well, I mean, like OC and Beverly Hills, we're talking like we're 10 years into those shows. I know, and I'm bored. Potomac, we're like three or four years in. And some of these women are characters, their personalities. Look at they, Leanne on Dallas. But the, the difference is that like these are very, very, they're new to this. They understand like. yeah. the franchises in a way that... They have the benefit of there. seeing this history of these shows being produced. And also we're, we're witnessing marriages crumble. Whereas like in OC and Beverly Hills, we've seen everyone's marriage already crumble. Yeah, I think they, these they, are like new right. relationships. And I think they hit gold with Potomac. They I did. don't think that, to, I don't take that as a reason to entirely cancel older <laughs> franchises, but I do take it as a reason to like burn it down, send <laughs> OGs to the farm upstate. Yes. And when chapters are done, rewrite the cycle. Yeah. I think that's great. I just really genuinely know, much like Vicki Gumbelson, I do not give even a little bit of a shit about Poughkeepsie. But I think God bless yes. the rich people of Poughkeepsie. But there's got to be another city. I'm sure there is. They have tested other cities and they haven't worked out. Mm -hmm. I think we should be, I think God bless America, including <laughs> the 30 or so flyover states that exist. Yes. And God bless Dallas and Potomac for giving us new. some new and interesting and fun and also P.S. a fuck ton of drama. Yeah. And that's where we that's where we leave it for right now. I think we're good <laughs> with experiments. I think we know that there you are don't some want, like, illnesses. Real Housewives of I, Buffalo, New York. I, you know, <laughs> shockingly. And it's like the if on Sex in the Oregon? City, if on the six, Sex in the City, the extra character was like New York City. Buffalo is going to be like, it's snow. Oh, my God, you guys, it's snowing again. I could give a shit. Shout South out to Dakota? <laughs> Alaska. Um, yeah, I, I could it. give a shit about those states, but I think that they should continue tuning in and we can all love, love housewives together. I'm up for it. I'm up for like a new franchise because I, I love how thirsty these women are. To be famous. That's where the story is. It's not just that they're thirsty to be famous. They are genuine. It's not really. And to it's show that, their story. It's that they're real characters. That we were able. To, it's sort of what's great about Vanderpump Rules is that uh, several of these people have had real genuine relationships. Frenemy yes. whatever's with each other. And we're stepping into that. It's, it's why the beginning of New York was yeah. so good. And why Alex was so interesting. Because she was like so completely not of this world. But pretending to be. Why Potomac is so good is because Giselle and Karen. Much like Ramona and Jill. Have gone back for years and are real and frenemies Robin. and we're watching that it's not it's not just about being famous because p.s these women didn't know they were being hired and shooting for real housewives when they started they were shooting for a show about jack and jill and the organization and and um their relationships with their kids and mo being moms and whatever so and same thing with new york they thought they were shooting for manhattan moms they didn't know it was going to be an extension of the real housewives franchise so i don't think it's just that they were famous although obviously they're signing up for reality tv so it's happening for a reason i think they are 
are also just dynamic people in real relationships and friendships with each other and they are crazy for different reasons and that's why we love them dynamic group in montana i will murder you (laughs) i will murder you i can't that new york vacation to montana was or no wyoming are those different places i sound like vicky gummelson i really truly don't know ask me how many states there are in america there's a lot ask me how many i have no idea (laughs) What about Hawaii? Did you have to do those tests when you were little where you had to like, I still, I have a fever. I have anxiety even recounting this where they give you a map of the country and you have to write in every state. I never passed. The only one I was really good at that I studied for was Africa. (laughs) And I've never been to Africa, but I know where all those countries are. I don't know. That's it. Public school has failed me. Anyway, this episode has not. (laughs) Um, Tell the people how to follow you on everything. Guys, I'm on Instagram and Twitter as my childhood nickname, Katie Brodnick, which is spelled C-A-I-T-Y Brodnick, B-R-O-D-N-I-C-K. And yeah, you can reach out to me, DM me. I'm on ScamWow Podcast where we talk about scams. This week is about uh, casino scams and poker scams, which I fucking love. Oh, that's and great. And currently, my parents took my grandmother, who I talked about on the podcast, to a casino, and they're at a casino right now. And I was like, Dad, send a picture. I want to put it on, you know, my social. And he goes, you're not allowed to take pictures in a casino. You're not? No. He said oh, because you rules. could, it's like cutting or something. What's the phrase for it? When you're counting or whatever? Like, you're like sort of cheating? Card count, or I guess you could be cheating because you could be showing somebody your hand and then they come in and they, I don't know. But you're not allowed to take pictures. And I thought that was so funny. So that's where my family is right now. They're currently at a casino. Without any evidence on social. Oh my God. That is amazing. And so are you. This has been a total joy. Guys, thank you. Get in touch. Let me know your thoughts and feels for this 400 (laughs) episode. So long. I don't know. I really don't know how long this episode was. I think it was actually two hours. Great. How is that possible? Um, Shoot me a tweet, something, use words that make sense in the construct of that social media engine at Sarah Galley. Slide into my DMs at Dame Galley. Um, I love hearing from you guys. Um, Let me know your thoughts on this week. We are going to put up a photo on Instagram that's definitely from today (laughs) because we both look terrific. Um, Okay, so Twitter at Sarah Galley, Instagram at Dame Galley. Um, This was a total thrill. Thanks for being on the People's People's Couch. And guys, we will talk to you again soon. Bye-bye. Bye.